Today's daf is daf Kufi Beis, page one twelve in Mesechus Yevamis, and we pick up with the words of Ad Shekayfin Oisoi Lachleitz, the very top line on daf Kufi Beis. Okay, now we really didn't. The truth that we didn't do proper justice to the end of yesterday's daf, as we were trying to um, make sure that we were running on time for the, the next year. So let's focus a little bit. Uh, focus a little bit on this. So we learned, we learned in the Mishnah that if a Yavama comes and says that she's been living with the Yavam for 30 days and he never had relations with her. He says, she, you know, she says he never had relations with her. So we say, we are kaifin, I say. We kind of twist his arm. We force him, Shayachla um, to give her chalitza. We force him to give her chalitza. What if it's already after 30 days? So then we say, you know, please do chalitza with her. Now, the, the part that we didn't really focus on was that, interestingly, Rashi adds in that this woman's coming with a get from the Yavama. As if the Yavama handed her a get as a Yavama, she's coming and she's saying that there's no need, that, that uh, as far as get is concerned, I really need chalitza. I need chalitza because you never you can give a get once I'm your wife, but you never consummated the marriage, so I'm still you're still obligated to chalitza, okay? And the husband says, no, it's incorrect. So that's where we say, you know, um, if it's within thirty days, If it's after thirty days, then That's what we learned in the mission. Now, if they both agreed, let's say they both agreed that they never consummated their yibum. Uh, the, the Yom and Yivam both agree that the Yibam never fully took place. And we said even after 12 months, we force him into Chalitza. Okay, now the Gemara picks up with this top line. Says the Gemara, why are we saying that we are going to force him into a Chalitza? Why don't we say, force him until he does Yibam? Something. In other words, what's our kind of here? We never had relations. So what does that mean? He hasn't done anything. So why are we saying, uh, you know, either you force him to chalitza, try to guide him to do chalitza. Why? Tell him to just, hello, dude, what's taking you so long? Yeah, what, are you, what are you schlepping around for? Go ahead and do yibo. It's good, it's good cash. No? I mean, there's obviously a reason why they haven't consummated the marriage yet. So let's see. And so let's see over there. Says the Gemara, Omar Rav. Rav explains, What happened is, she's holding a get, and this is why we're adding it in now to the Mishnah. We didn't pre- the Mishnah itself didn't straight out explain that there was a get. The Gemara here is explaining that um, she has a get already that she is holding. Okay, And since she's already holding a get, so there's an ascertained Divorce. We know for sure that, a, or not, we don't have to call it a divorce. We ascertain that certainly a get was given over. Memela, she has, so to speak, testimony. She has testimony that she's already divorced. Hence, we say, do chalitza. Separate from her. And we don't advise the Yibo. Says the Gemara, Mesve, one second. I asked a challenging question. Meaning, in the case of our Mishnah, let's say he wouldn't have given her a get. And a Hanan. They could do Yibam. May say that's a challenging question. Yivama Shomer Besach Shalashim Yam. Then about the Yivama shows up the best. So within thirty days, my husband never had relations with me. Bein Shuai Yomer Nevalti Bein Shuai Melan Nevalti. Whether or not he agrees 
or uh, whether or not he agrees to the fact that they never had relations. We say, you got to do chalitza. Okay? In other words, she's got a little bit of the upper hand in, in believability over here because it is possible for, you know, it, it is not rare, we'll call it, for a person to go less than 30 days without, uh, without relations. And we're going we're gonna to believe her. After 30 days, then we'll just request him. That, that he gives her chalitza. Now he imeres Navalti. What happens if she said we had bia? Navalti, and he says no, we didn't. Okay, so interesting. It's after thirty days now, and she says yeah, yeah. After thirty days, we, we consummated our our yibum. and he says no, we did not. Hareza yaitzibaget. The halacha is she goes out with a get. Why? Because again, since thirty days has already passed, we don't believe him. We assume that they are now fully married as husband and wife. We have assumed they've consummated the yibum, and in order to, get to end that relationship, is going to be obligated in a get. Who I Ba'alti. Let's say he said we had relations. She says no, we didn't. Even if he backs out and he's, he agrees with her, you're going to need a get and a chalitza. Says the Gemara Gavaldik. Listen to this question. Says the Gemara. Why does the Brisa say that initially we're going to try to force the Yavam to do a Chalitza? According to Rav, there's no get. So we should say, do Yibum or Chalitza. Why are we going straight to Chalitza? Ravami, Ravami says, Tzricha Chalitza im Gita. What we're saying is, she's obligated to have Chalitza along with the get that she already has. Because again... We're dealing with a case where she's already holding on to a get, which is stating that they must be separated. Now that they're separated, that's why we're not going to advise or try to push anything towards a yibum. So Ravami says, Ravashi There, we're dealing with a get for the zika. There's a difference between what the get is, is accomplishing over here. Sometimes the get is coming to break a bond, and sometimes you have a get that's coming to break a... Uh, you have a get that's coming to break a, uh, a total, we'll call it uh, a, a total relationship where they already had relations together. So in the first case, we're going to say you don't need a new get. In the second case, we're going to say you do need a, a new get. Why? Because the get that you already, that, that you had initially, um, the get that you had initially um, cannot remove a yibum zika. What's a husband doing? Giving her a get? But if we're taka worried about no bia over here, so then the way to end it is not with a get. The way, then there's still yavam and yavama, and the way to end this biblically is a chalitza. Okay? So what are you going to do? We're going to say that you cannot rely on the original get. You have to rely on the new get. And the Gemara explains that Hanu Shnei Maidim, Hanu Shnei there were two people who agreed. Now we're assuming over here it was a Yavam and a Yavama. They came in front of Rava for a Psak. Okay? They wanted, they've been together more than 30 days. And they were both agreeing that they, uh, they never had relations together. They're Yavm and Yavam. Amadu Rava, Chalutzila. So Rava says, okay, so do Chalitz. You guys never had relations. She's still your Yavama, even though you've been living for more than 30 days. There's no reason for us to assume otherwise. Usharulu Tigra, and, uh, and uh, permit her to her business. So it means permit her to her business. Meaning just do a Chalitza 
and you're good to go. Amar le Rav Shavya le Rava. So Rav Shavya said to Rava, Rava, why are you being so lenient over here? After 30 days, and they're both saying that they didn't have, uh, they didn't have relations, but we learned in the Bresa, get v'chalitza. Don't just say chalitza, you also need get. So what does he say? Amar le, Thank you. Amarle says to him, I jumped two lines. Itanya Tanya, you're right. If we learned in Ibrisa, we learned in Ibrisa, and I made a mistake. You can't rely strictly on on uh, Khalitza. You're also gonna have to give a get. I can't argue in Ibrisa. Bo mine hoin braider of Nachman. Hoin the son of Rav Nachman asked a question searching for information, May Rav Nachman, from Rav Nachman. So he asked his, he asked his old man. He asked his father the following Shaila. Tsarasa Mahu. What is the halacha of her tsara? This is fascinating because usually when you have Khalitza, the tsara immediately is, uh, is going out over here. Okay? But do we asser up, the question now is do we asser up the tsara to marry another man? Until Chalitza is done, or do we say that the Maisa she should be allowed to uh, remarry right away because we're not trusting the other wife at all? So just because um, we're asking him to do Chalitza, the other wife should be uh, the, the other wife should be usher to the rest of the world. Meaning, there's a fascinating limud, a fascinating message. Just because we decide, you know, if there's halacha and halacha. And, and you can't change that. But if you want to be machmir in a situation just to cover all your bases, that's not an excuse and it doesn't give you the right to try to take away somebody else's rights to remarry. So interestingly, we're going to be already, we will have already allowed the tzara to remarry even though we're now going to demand a chalitza after that. Two dots. Hanaydarasana. The Mishnah said like this, and this is a brand new sugya, brand new topic, and here's the case. Ready for this? You have Ruven's married to Rachel. Rachel, while she's married to Ruven, or I shouldn't say while she's Rachel makes a nether. I will never, Shimon will never benefit from me. Taking a vow, Shimon can never benefit from me. Okay. So, we said in the Mishnah, that uh, before we get to what's in the Mishnah, what's the halachas of Nadarim in general? What's the halachas of vows in general? What do we say? It follows intent. It follows your words, your dibor, and also the intent that went in behind the words. Okay. So now she says, I will not get Hana from my brother-in-law. The Gemara is going to ask, what happens if she says, I will not get Hana from any male? Any male. Is that going to be any different? It's a ridiculous statement. It's a ridiculous statement. Okay, maybe, but it's still a vow. Okay, there's vows that are ridiculous, but it's still a vow. See, so here we go. Tanan Hossam, we learned in the Mishnah elsewhere. They're used to, they used to say originally, the halacha was that there's three women who uh, the, we obligate the husbands to divorce them but they still will get their ksuba. Usually, when you obligate a man to divorce a wife, it's because something that was done on her end, then she'll lose her ksuba. The three women were, we, we say to the husband, you better divorce your wife, and they're still going to be allowed to collect their ksuba. Who are these three people? 
Haimeris Tamei Lach. If a woman says to her husband, I am a Nida. Okay, I'm sorry, not I'm a Nida. I'm Tamei to you. That's more of a general statement. Now, Tamei to you means I'm forbidden to you now. Meaning, what's the classic case of that? Says Rashi. If a woman comes home and she says to her husband, you know, somebody just uh, raped me. I was violated. So, a Kayan, usually if you're Yisrael and the woman, it was against the woman's will, she's allowed to go back to her husband. If it's a Kayan, he's not allowed to. Okay? Why? Did she do anything wrong? No. Kedush has Kahuna. That's the only reason why. Just the holiness of, uh, the holiness of Kahuna. So over here, we're going to believe that she actually was violated. We're going to trust that concept. However, we say that, um, uh, not, not however, we believe her, he's obligated to divorce her, but she's still allowed to collect her ksuba. Fine. Hashemayim beniu benach. And if she says, the heavens are between me and you. Okay? What does it mean, the heavens are between me and you? That... Um, we will never, ever, ever be together. Okay? It's like we're so distant and, uh, and far apart. Fine. We've, and we've never had relations together and she's starting to take oaths. She's getting, uh, quite, she's getting quite upset about this. Okay. Netula ani min ha-Yehudim. You hear this? Let's say she says, Netula min ha-Yehudim. I can, I will not get any sort of pleasure Min Hayyudim from any sort of Jew. Any sort of Jew. I'm not going to get any pleasure Min Hayyudim. Chazru Laimar. And they go back and they say, Shalai Tehei. I'm sorry, they meaning the Yeshiva. Remember we said Me'ikara. Originally they said, Bari Shaina Hayyuimrim. In the beginning, they paskin that these three women are forced to go out and they get Aksuba. But then Chazru Vamru, they went back and they changed their mind. And what did they say? Shalai Tehei. And they said, Seneo Ba'achram Akagal says, Bail. We change our mind. Why? Because, you know what women were doing? A woman will make up a Baba Misa. You'd have a woman married to a Kayin. And she'd say, oh, by the way, uh, who's just violated? She doesn't have to prove it. She doesn't have to anything happen. All of a sudden, she doesn't like her husband. That's how she's going to force a get on her rent. Okay? So people were taking advantage of this halacha. And therefore, the Chachamim backed out. Because... There were situations where it wasn't true. Ella, however, if a woman says, you know what we say now? You know what we say? Prove it. Prove it. Let's, let's look at the set of circumstances. Let's see what's happening here. Is it really, is it, is it taka true? Okay. Let's say she says, Shemayim is between me and you. So they should, Yasu, what they should do is, as a derech bakosha, meaning, they would ask the husband to start acting like a proper uh, Jewish husband. Because she's saying, listen, the heavens are between me and you. We're not involved in any sort of intimacy. We're not involved. We're, we're, we're so far apart. So what do we do? Go to the husband and give him a Shalom Bayes class. Say, listen, dude, step it up. You know what I mean? You got to... Fine. But then we wouldn't immediately say, oh, okay, divorce, take it yet. She has a claim? Okay, we're going to go. We're going to work on the Shalom Bayes now. If she says, I am taken from all Jews, so the, the husband should be mefer, the, um, the nether that's on him. Because she's saying, I'm not going to have any sort of benefit from anybody, any Jew. 
So he's so he has to go ahead and nullify the part that applies to him. So he says any Jew besides for me. Besides for me. Umisha Mashtoi, and then um, they can have Tashmish, they can have intercourse. And Shitaka will remain forbidden from everybody else, but she'll remain permitted to her husband. There's not going to be a problem with that. Ibaidul, they ask the question, searching for information. She says, I am taken from all Jews. Ready for this? What is the halacha regarding the Yavam? So this is fascinating. Ready? A wife says, I forbid myself to no benefit, pleasure from any Jew. So what do we say if you're the husband? Okay, you know, the, the vow, can, you can't nullify the whole vow. It applies to everybody else also, but the part that applies to you, you can nullify. Gwaran wants to know whether a Yavam could do that too. Whether it applies to a Yavam or only a husband. What's the Shaila? Me maska daita demayiz balav enofla kamei Yavam oiloi. It is. It's kind of like, it's, it's quoted, I don't know if it's true, it's quoted in the name of Rebaran Cutler. It's a Charni Lebracha. When one of the Talmidim asked him if he should buy life insurance. If it's a lack of amunu. So Rabbi Aaron said, absolutely. If you don't have life, if anybody who buys life, life insurance lacks amunah. Anybody who doesn't buy life insurance is a fool. There are certain times where, you, you know, it's not a steer. Exactly. It's, well, it is what it is. You got, you got to do what you got to do. Right? So says the Gemara over here, when she said, I... And removing myself any sort of benefit from any yid. Did she have in mind... What we want to know is like this. What do we assume? Did she have in mind the potential, the possibility of death of Yibum or not? Because if there's the possibility of death, so then she even included the Yavam in her statement. And again, you go back to the mindset. If she didn't entertain that thought, so now the Yavam should be able to remove himself from the vow and they should be permitted to each other. Okay. So Rav Omar, Yavam in a Kabal, a Yavam is not like a husband, and therefore she remains forbidden to him. Okay? Ushmol Omar and Shmol Sa, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Just the opposite. Just the opposite. Just the opposite. I apologize. Let's go back. I got started. Ibailu. That's question searching for information. I, I jumped ahead. I was mixing up two steps. You mind? Let's go back to Ibailu. Yeah? You see where I am? It's like uh, six, seven lines from the bottom. She says, I am forbidden to benefit from any Jew. Any Jew. What does that mean? What's her status as far as having relations with the Yav? Okay, now here's the Shaila. Did it enter her mind that her husband may die? And she'll fall to the Yavam Thereby when she says I'm forbidden to have pleasure from any Jew She meant even her Yavam So far so good This is how we explained it before Or not Say, listen to, say, This is where I, I read it wrong Let's get into the answer Rav Omar Rav says Yavam Einai Kibal Yavam Kibal means like this When she said I'm swearing I will never have Benefit, pleasure, relations with any Jew She's a married woman at that time Who do you think she's talking about? Yeah Primarily, for sure, her husband. So, did she have in mind, this is where it comes in, did she have in mind the possible childless death of her husband? And thereby she also meant, I will not have relations with the Yavam, and hence, they, uh, if, she never had that, if she never had that in mind, they are permitted to be together. 
before I learned it that they're forbidden. They're going to permit it to be together because you never had them in mind at the time of the vow. That's Rav. Shmuel, Amr Shmuel says, no, Yavam Arei Kabal. Yeah, since there's always that possibility and the Yavam actually takes the place of the Baal, he's stepping into his brother's shoes, so the oath applies to him as well. Okay? That's the Machlekes. We had a Shaila, Machlekes Rav and Shmuel. Amr Abai. Abai says, Kavosei de Rav, Mestavra. It's more logical to say that the Yavam is permitted to have relations despite her vow. We're not worried about the vow with him because she's not thinking about him. It's more logical. The Tanakh has learned in a Mishnah, If a woman is from the Yavama during her husband's lifetime, you know what she says? Her husband, she doesn't like her brother-in-law. Or whatever. I don't know why she made a vow. Maybe she does like him. And she wants to make sure that she protects herself, whatever. So she says, during her, while her husband's alive, she says, you know, I'm taking a vow, I will never derive benefit to my brother-in-law. From my brother-in-law. Okay. And then the brother, her husband dies, so we force the brother to do chalitza. She spoke about him specifically. The imisa, and if it would be true that the yavam is like the baal, the maska adaita. Why don't we say that we should... Damascus um, Adaita means... Why are we saying over here that we're going to force him to do Chalitza, top of Ahmed Bez, Mivakshin mi We should say, we should ask. We should ask. Ask him to give her Chalitza and there, you know, thereby allowing her to keep her vow. From the fact that we're saying we force him to do Chalitza, that's a raya. She never thought about Yibam. Says the Gemara, no, 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 no terms. You know what? What are we dealing with over here? There's a woman who already had children before she made a a vow. Okay, um, okay, and so much so that she's not going to think so far in advance. What does that mean? So here's what happened. You have a case. You have a woman. She's got a few kids. She makes a vow. I'm not going to get any sort of benefit. Her three kids die. Then her husband dies. Are you going to tell me at that moment that she made the vow with a husband and a family that she meant the Yavam? She never dreamt of that Yibam was even a... That's a in general, Yibam's a far-fetched possibility. To say when she already had children and it happens to be a, a fluke happened and they died before her husband... That's the case that we're referring to, okay? That's when we say, did it enter her mind the possibility of Yibum? No. So wide, so far as we say, her mind, her mind didn't go there, and hence, there's no proof to Rav, even Shmuel may be correct that, um, that uh, you know, a, uh, a woman didn't even consider this, this possibility. Says the Gemara, Okay, but would be the Allah, let's say she never had children. They never had children in the first place. So you have a husband, they don't have children yet. Are people aware? Let's ask the question then. People are aware there's a mitzvah yibam. Are they thinking that far in advance? So Mavakshin, are we going to ask him? If that was her intent, the Batana should have stuck with the same exact case and showed a differentiation in the Allah by saying, 
When do we say we force the, we, we advise the Yavam, we kind of force him and twist his arm to do Chalitza B'Shiesh Labanim? That was when, at the time of her nether, she had children. But let's say she had no children, so then we only ask that he does Chalitza. is correct. We are going to force a, a woman who made a vow um, well, well, that she, uh, the Yavam doesn't have to nullify anything before having relations. Because we assume, no matter what, children, not children, like we were nodding our heads before, the people aren't thinking ahead about death. And hence, since not thinking ahead about death, um, she actually did not have the Yavam in mind. She thought she's always going to be forbidden to him. And therefore, he doesn't even need to nullify her vow. Hadron Allah Beishamai, Hadron Allah Beishamai, Hadron Allah Beishamai, Malstaff to all those who finished the 13th. Perak of Yavamus, and now we begin Perak Arba Azar, Perak 14, with a Mishnah, which is quite long, let's take it down to the bottom of the Yamar, but we already know this. We, we know a lot of these halachas, this is the Mishnah, it's going to deal with a lot of Cheresh Shait of the Katan getting married, and Yibum, what happens if they, if a, if a, uh, if, uh, at, at what point did the person become the Cherishite of a Katan? Was it all along? Did something happen in between? So that's all going to be. Cherish is a deaf mute. Okay, not the deaf mute that we have nowadays, as we explained. A deaf mute that doesn't really have the mental abilities. Um, and therefore, it would include the lack of ability to acquire or be acquired because there, there is a financial transaction that does happen within every marriage. So here we go. We'll go through this, we're going to move along because we, we are familiar with a lot of this. If you have a cherish that marries a woman who doesn't have any handicap, who's not a deaf mute, or let's say the husband's a pikeach and the wife is a deaf mute. If the husband wants to divorce her in either of these cases, he is permitted to do so. The same way he could marry her, we'll call it with sign language. He can also divorce her with sign language. Okay. Meaning showing us that he's comfortable with the get and everything moving on. Perhaps you could even extend it now to something that uh, had a little bit of a conversation on the day with Steve. About uh, people with Shalom ALS, right? They could they could uh, type moving their eyes, right? But if, if they develop a pattern. We understand exactly what they want. It's good enough. Let's say you have a a regular uh, man with a regular woman, and then after they got married, she became a deaf mute. If he wants, he could divorce her, where he can keep her. But however, once she becomes a shaita, he's not able to divorce her anymore. There's no way to divorce her. As we're going to learn later, it's now going to be a biblical marriage. And the only time you could divorce somebody is if it's going to be on the same status, the same level that it was with the marriage. Okay? And here it's going to just transfer to a rabbinic domain and a rabbinic uh, territory. So we don't want to do that. Okay. Let's say it, um, if she became a shaita, then you're not allowed to divorce her. 
Nisharish who, let's say he became a Cherish, or Nishtata, or he became a Shaita, then there's no possibility for divorce. No possibility. He entered a biblical marriage, and now in order to give her a get, it's only going to be rabbinic. There's no way to break that biblical bond. Incredible. Omar of says, Why do we say that if a woman becomes a Cherish, you could divorce her, but a man who becomes a, a, a Cherish cannot, cannot create a divorce. Why do we say that she can accept a divorce and he cannot create a divorce? So they said to him, I'll explain to you. They explained to Rav Yechanan ben Uri. They said, I'll tell you quite simply. A man who becomes a Cherish cannot divorce. You know why? Because it's all, what's a get? What's a divorce? Completely dependent on the man. He's the one who determines. He needs das. If he doesn't have das, you're not going to create a get. But a woman who, who biblically doesn't need any sort of das anyway, a husband can get, hand the get over to his wife against her will. So if you don't need das, and now she became a cherish, we'll call it, a deaf mute. So she doesn't have das. She doesn't need das. We don't need her to have knowledge over here. Hey, Rabbi ben good God, ben good Gedah, Rabbi ben good Gedah, testified. There was a Chareshes whose father um, married her off with Nesuin, Shehi Yaitze Beget, and she is divorced with a Get, Amrulai, and they said to him, Afzu Ke Ba, that this one is also going to be like her, meaning this woman who became a deaf mute afterwards, after she was already married, will have, uh, will have the same halacha, meaning you could hand her a Get. For the same reason, you're not, we're not looking for das, we're not looking for knowledge. Okay. You have two brothers who are deaf mutes and are married to two sisters who are deaf mutes. Remember this case? Yes, everything's rabbinic over here. You have two brothers who are deaf mutes married to two sisters that are fine. Or two sisters, one's a deaf mute and one's regular. We're opposite. You have two brothers who are deaf mute. In all these cases, the, the Yavama is putter from Yibum and Chalitz. Let's say these wives are not sisters. Let's say they're strangers to each other. Then they're allowed to, you should marry him. You should marry them. If you want to divorce, and if you want to get divorced, you are permitted, it's absolutely permitted to divorce them. Okay, again, why? Because one's biblical and one's rabbinical. Two brothers, one's a deaf mute, one's pikeach. And the two wives are pikeach. So think about it right now. Think about it, what the circumstances are. You can have one marriage, biblical. One marriage, rabbinic. Let's say there's a meis cherish balapikachas. Let's say there's a death of the cherish balapikachas. What should he do? So really, nothing's happening because she goes out automatically as Why? Because you're in a rabbinic situation. You now have a biblical bond getting in the way of your marriage. So you have to end your marriage because the Zeke is there and the brother, then you give her a divorce and the widow is ushered for him forever. Let's say you have two totally healthy brothers marrying two sisters. One sister is totally healthy, one sister is not. So the, the brother 
who married the deaf mute, passes away. So now what are you left with? A widow who's a deaf mute. And um, you have a widow who's a deaf mute and a pikeach couple. Okay. So what do you do? The luck is nothing. You know why? Because this deaf mute is falling to her brother-in-law who's married to her full-fledged sister. So nothing needs to be done. She's just a regular Arias, a regular Erva. Now we got a problem. For the same reason, he's got to divorce his wife with a get because now he has a biblical bond kicking in and getting in the way. And his brother's wife is going to have to give Chalitza to why? Rabbinic. Because you were rabbinically married to her sister and therefore you're going to give her a biblical Chalitza because of that. You, you can't just bring her in because she's your ex-wife's, ex-rabbinic wife's sister. They have two brothers. One of the men is a pikeach and one is a cheresh. And they marry two sisters. Also, so, same style family. One family's got two boys. One's deaf mute, one's not. Other family's got two girls. One's deaf mute, one's one, one is not. And what happens is, Let's say the the cheresh who married the chereshes passed away. What do we do? What, what should the other one do? The one who doesn't have any sort of uh, handicap. So the law is nothing. That's the pikeach dies. So what are you left with? A pikeach widow and a cheresh couple. Again, you're going to have to leave the marriage because you got this biblical zika standing in the way of your marriage. Because of rabbinic. What you do? Marry her, and interestingly, he's not allowed to ever divorce her. Not allowed to ever divorce her. Okay, why? Because it's similar to like a regular guy who became a cherish. The fact that he's now a cherish doesn't give him. He, he lost. You lost the ability to now hand over again. You don't have. You don't. You no longer have that that uh, power. Pashut was taken away. Okay. Two brothers who are healthy, we'll call them. Married to two women, not related. Fine. So again, two healthy men, one man marries a uh, healthy woman, one marries a deaf mute. The one who married the deaf mute passed away. What should he do? Kindness. You hear this? He should marry her. He should marry her. Fine. Now, why? Because the two wives aren't related. What's the problem? The two wives are not related. They're nachriyas. Since they're not related, so beseder. Go, uh, go, you know, go marry this woman. And even if it's going to be a rabbinic marriage, fine. So now you have two. You have two wives. One's a rabbinic marriage and one's coming to you through a, a uh, yibam. Then Okay. And if... You want to be might see her afterwards, might see her afterwards. Now, we prefer the, we prefer the divorce over the chalitza, as we explained yesterday, because by chalitza she has to say something and this woman can't talk. She's a cherish. So we say do 
do a marriage, and then a get where she doesn't have to do anything. What should he do? Kindness. He should marry her for the same reason that we said we said before. Why do we? What did we say before? She can't say anything, so we want to we want to stay away from it. He marries her, and he cannot divorce her forever. Okay, so we basically covered our fascinating Mishnah, long Mishnah, covered all of our bases about him, her, what if it happens before the marriage, what if it happens once they already are married. Okay, now, interestingly, interestingly, you know, we've been talking about what case of a person who cannot get married biblically Echareshes. Who else cannot get biblically married? Katana, a shaita, okay, a shaita, a fool. So what the Gemara is now going to do is try to is ask this: all these cases of the Mishnah, would they apply to these other circumstances of a shaita, for example? Would the same halacha hold true by a shaita that we're saying here by a cheresh chareshes? What happens if afterwards? So here we go. Nachria literally means a stranger. Okay? That means they, they don't, they're, they're not related to each other. Noshim Nachria is two unrelated women. Omar Rabbi Barchom, Rabbi Barchom says, Zog to Gemara, Maish to Cheresh Vecheresh did Kinu Rabban Nisuin. Why by Cheresh Vecheresh did the Rabban say there's a rabbinic marriage? Umaish to the Shaita, the Shaita, the Lot Kinu Rabban Nisuin. And why by a Shaita, by a fool, Okay, a person who lacks general mental co- competency, do we say it's not a valid marriage at all? Now, how do we know that? The Tanya, we learned in a price. Shaita v'katan. If you have a shaita, a fool, v'katan, and a minor, shenoshim that married women. So you have a, you have a 11-year-old boys. Okay? I'm sorry. One 11-year-old boy and one a shaita. And they marry women, and they die. Yeah, exactly. So there's no yibum or chalitza. You know why? Because you were never married in the first place. So if you're never married in the first place, see from here, the Rabbanon do not allow shaita v'katan to even have any sort of element of marriage. Did nothing. So why is it that a cheresh... We are giving a little bit of, uh, you know, we're, we're creating a rabbinic marriage for them. Why didn't we do the same thing for Shaita Bekot? For, for Shaita Bekot, it says the Gemara, Cheresh V'chareshes, by the case of Cheresh V'chareshes, Tekaima Takanta Derabona, by Cheresh V'chareshes, where that you can keep the Takana Derabona. Okay, what do you mean to keep the Takana Derabona? Fascinating. Listen, you, you got to read this Rashi inside. Chavra, we got to read this Rashi inside. Um, fifth to last Rashi It's about 12 lines up 12 lines up in Rashi From the bottom The Kaimatakanta Darabon You see it? In bold Says Rashi Shadarkoin Lehi Shalom Beinayim The Derech of Acheresh A deaf mute They actually get along Very well with other people Afilu Cheresh Imcheresh Even if they both can't talk Sometimes the best. <laughs> 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 the Koshkein Kesha Ish Bikayach, 
And certainly if the man is a Begeach, I will shaita, I feel that Begeach has the shaita, the shaita Begeach, ain't shalom b'neim, v'choshke in shaita the shaita. It is, it's just, it's, it's the, it's the mitzias, it's the reality of being a shaita. There's no rationale. That there's no, yeah. There's, you, a, a shaita lacks logic. A cherish doesn't lack logic. They lack the ability to communicate and therefore there's an assumption because of lack of ability to communicate, you may not understand things fully. But be able to keep shalom Sometimes you might be even better off. Rashi explains. Okay? That's the Gemara's answer. Gemara says, oh, you know why the Rabbana made a rabbinic marriage for a cherish? Because they can have a stable home. Deaf mutes can keep a stable home. Shaita b'shaita, the law kaima to kaima the Rabbana, they not want dorem nachash b'kfifa achas. A person cannot live in the same, uh, in the same kfifa, in the same uh, bucket as a snake, like the kinner Rabbana suan, the Rabbanon are not going to establish Nisuin. Okay? We don't, we don't want to set up. This is fascinating. There's no mitzvah to be married for Tzaras. No mitzvah to be married for Tzaras. Which is why also the Rabbanon made a, made a get. That's why there's a get. I have a very close uh, person to me who, who um, got divorced within the first year after marriage. He was a young man in his 20s. Got divorced in the first year after marriage. And when I, when I, uh, it was about 10, 11 months later. And when I found out like what went down, I really like got the ins and outs, not from him, but I found out. I just walked to him. I said, I just want you to know you're a tzaddik. I don't know how you, how you put up with that for so long. And without smiling, a pre, he appreciated my statement. Without smiling, he said, you might think I'm a tzaddik. My Rebbe told me I'm a fool for staying for so long. Yeah, sometimes it's... <laughs> When you're staying in a situation that's that that's there's no hope for it. It's just painful and broken. You're just adding more tsaras to something, right? So there's a reason why that there, there's times the Torah makes a get for a reason because there's times where a person's not meant to be married, and that's the Gemara's answering over here. By a shaita, they're not meant. It's not meant for marriage. That's not the chacham understood. It's not what Hakadosh Baruch Hu meant for marriage. Says the Gemara. Okay, so now we understand that a shaita. Now we understand why a a fool, a person who has no mental abilities, the, the Rabbana never established a marriage for them. There's no marriage for a shota. What about a katan? What about a minor? You can have young kids who are pretty shrewd, pretty smart. You know, they, they're savvy. They can get along and, and have relationships. Says the Gemara, Umayishna katan. And what's the reason for a katan? The lavtakin Rabbana nesuan. V'cheriskin le Rabbana nesuan. Why did we give nesuan to deaf mutes, but we didn't give... Marriage of uh, Nesuin to a Katan. So Gemara says, Cherish like Asi Lechlal Nesuin, Tekin Rabban Nesuin. Kam Dasi Lechlal Nesuin, like Tekinu Rabbanon Nesuin. You know what the answer is? Very simply. Huh? He'll grow up. He'll grow up. Right, meaning, the Rabbanon only, this is such a beautiful concept also. A Cherish is a Cherish. A deaf mute is a deaf mute. Nothing's changing. You say, listen, nothing's changing. You can hold a relationship. You might as well get married now. But if you have, so, you have a cotton, the kid's 11 years old, you can hold a relationship. You know you tell him? You can wait two years. You can wait till you're by mitzvah. This is not a life-changing thing. Like, the, you know, you wait a little longer. Wait a little longer. Sometimes you tell kids they're graduating uh, high school, you know, and they have the ability to go to learn in yeshiva, spend a year in Israel maybe, something like that. Like, oh, I've got to start school. got to start school, right? What's the worst thing that'll happen? Right? I actually heard this from Rabbi Orlovsky when he was a... Uh, uh, is, is that one of his tapes or a shear? This isn't one of his tapes. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's the worst that'll happen? You, you, you'll, 
start school a year later, you start making money a year later, you'll have children a year later, you'll die a year later. Like, what's the problem? Like, don't worry about it. Like, you know? The, the, sp- spend a year, you'll be set up, God's fine. Not, you know, the Rebbe Shalom will still have his plan for you. Okay, so you tell the, you, you tell the Katan, there's no reason for us to make, to make a rabbinic marriage. Says Katana, when it comes to a Katana, the Asya Lechlal Nesuin, interestingly, you have the case of a Katana where we know there's a possibility of marriage for a, uh, for a young girl. She's eventually going to have a full-fledged biblical marriage with the Kinra Rabban Nisuin, but the Rabbanan still said there could be Nisuin, meaning if let's say you have a Katana without a father, so there's no biblical marriage anymore, the mother and brother are allowed to marry her off. The Gemara is asking a basic question. Why don't we just tell them to wait? Just wait. What are you doing? Answer the Gemara, Hasam Shalayina Guba Minig Hefker. No, the only, the only, when are mothers and brothers allowed to marry off into rabbinic marriage? To protect her. To make sure, whatever, they know under these circumstances that she, pe- people are going to uh, treat her like Hefker. They're not going to respect her, they're not going to treat her properly, uh, for whatever the family circumstances are. So they marry her off. This way, you have the halachic obligations to treat her with respect. Like anybody has to treat their wife with respect. Uh, we're not concerned about the young guy, we're concerned about the young girl. Says the Gemara, Umayishna Katana de Mimana, Umayishna Hareshesh Le Mimana. Says the Gemara, very nice. Okay, great question. So, a Cheresh, a deaf mute, we said has a rabbinic marriage. A young girl has also a rabbinic marriage. But what's the halacha of the rabbinic marriage of a girl? At any moment within the marriage, you know what she could do? Bye. See ya. I don't like you. She could even say it to her friends or the cashier in the supermarket like we learned. So why don't we say the same thing about a cheresh? By a deaf mute, which is a rabbinic marriage, we don't allow me. You're going to have to have a regular get. You're never have a regular divorce. Ask the Gemara why. Says the Gemara to Imkain. Um, because if we would have Mion by a Chareshes, top of tomorrow's daf, people are not going to marry her in the first place. Okay, what, what, you could ask the same thing. What about the Katana? How do you marry the Katana? The answer is because you're, you're a very limited amount of time. What you can do? You marry a girl who's 11 years old. All right, she has, a, she has two years to Mion, and then once she does new Mion, she can't do it anymore. But if you allow Mion by a Cherish, for the rest of your life, you, you, you have a wife who at any time quetches about you, all of a sudden the marriage is over, people aren't going aren't to get involved in that. Hence, the Rabbana never gave them the option of Mion. We'll hold it here for today. A wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. We'll pick up with the top line of Kufir Gimbal tomorrow. Same time. Hopefully not the same place. Hopefully we'll be in Yerushalayim. All together. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.